Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon. Thank you for joining us. Our classic equine featured interview coming up is with saddle bronc rider Logan Hay, who just won the bronc riding event at the rodeo in San Antonio, Texas, went to the NFR in 2022. I had a chance to visit with Logan earlier this week. It was a very interesting, really fun conversation. Of course, Logan, the brother of Dawson Hay, national finalist, uh, set a PRCA all-time record in the bronc riding in Pollockville, Alberta, Canada on the Great Horse Explosive Skies. Won three go-rounds in 2022 at the NFR. Like I say, I really enjoyed that conversation. And that's coming up a little bit later on in the show. And, of course, that is brought to you by Classic Equine. Play to win. We are Classic Equine and by Classic Ropes. Today's show is being sponsored by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys by the Justin Boot Company. The standard of the West since 1879 by Resistall. We wear it every day. Thank you to our friends at Prefert to Unbeatable Feeds. Go to unbeatablefeeds.com. Click on the uh, dealer locator link and you can find the closest dealer to you. We are loving the forage only feeds. Uh, get all the details at unbeatablefeeds.com and by M2 Ranch Jerky. M2 Ranch Jerky's Products are just about to your store shelves. It won't be long. You can check it out. Find testimonials from some of the best uh, cowboys you'll watch at Pro Rodeos across the country this year. M2-Ranch.com. M2-Ranch.com. Thought I'd spend a little bit of time talking about San Antonio and Tucson today. Cassie Mowry is now the back-to-back champion of the barrel race at the rodeo in San Antonio, Texas, which ended on Saturday night. Cassie last year won it all on her horse, Will. This year, she started on Will, finished on the horse she calls Jarvis. I asked her about it. Um, I planned on running Will through the entire rodeo. He got in his groove last year. He started out slow last year. He started out slow this year, but uh, by his second and third runs, he won the third round there um, of my set. So I felt pretty comfortable with staying on him, I came home and he just kind of cramped up after one of my uh, exercises here at the house. And so we didn't feel like he was 100% for my semifinal round. And we kind of threw Jarvis in there. Um, it was nice to have Jarvis kind of ready to go. And he's a, you know, a really, really good option to back up these horses now. So um, it was, I was really proud of him to go in there in that semifinal round. He got me second place and got me to the short go. And um, we just decided to stay on him and uh, take the pressure off Will right now and um, thought Jarvis had more to give, and he sure did. We all speculate a little bit with you because of your very busy training business. You're going to a futurity this weekend, and then you're headed to Houston for the set mm-hmm. that starts on March the 3rd. But we all kind of speculate and wonder, okay, is Cassie going to make the NFR this year? Is she going to force – how much do you focus on going to the national finals? How much do you have to focus on all the horses you have in training? How do you balance all of that? Um, it's always just – you know, I go to the winter rodeos every year and do the best I can. And really it depends on how I do at those if – I'm going to, you know, try to make the NFR. I do love going out west over the summer. I go for about three weeks every year over the 4th and to Calgary. And it's just really how I do then determines if I'm going to make the finals or not. That's about all I can put into it. Um, So that's really if I just do the best I can with the limited amount of rodeos I can make it to and hope for the best. And if I make the finals, it's just kind of an added bonus for me and a lot of fun. 
Right now, Cassie Mowry, number four in the WPRA's world standings, over $30,600 for the 2024 rodeo season. Chelsea Moore from Kansas, number 23 in the WPRA right now. She won the rodeo in Tucson, including a time of 17.07, the fastest time of the rodeo. At La Fiesta de los Vaqueros, she finished about four one-hundredths of a second ahead of Carly Otero in the two-head average at the rodeo in Tucson that ended on Sunday afternoon. Chelsea Chelsea Moore told us about that lightning fast run. Yeah, yeah. I uh, drew up eighth and had to sit back there and listen to world champions and multiple NFR qualifiers like uh, Lisa Lockhart yeah. and Emily Beisel fire off some pretty amazing runs. Carly Otero smoked a run. And I thought, boy, I better, I felt like my back was up against the wall and I better throw down a run if I even want a chance to get in the average. And it was a long haul out there, so I wanted to make it count and thank God for Woodrow. Yeah. Tell me about Woodrow. Um, and there's a there's a, a, a gentleman that is a part of, of his life that I, I, I know you want to talk about a little bit. I see on your, on your, on your name you wrote Trey Socks. That's his registered name, right? Yes, sir. I almost get emotional talking about him. Um, I love Woodrow so much. He is by his name's Trace Sox. He's by Woodbridge yeah. and out of a Trace Ace, uh, Martha Six Moons mare. Oh, okay. Tommy Williams raised him. He raises a lot of really nice horses. You'll see his TW brand on uh, Woodrow's hip. Um, Woodrow was orphaned when he was a baby, so Tommy Williams bottle fed him. Um, they had a really tight relationship and bond. Um, Jana Himes has a really good eye and talked Tommy into selling her that horse for the barrel racing. Jana trained him and I ended up with him. Chelsea Moore, the champion of the barrel race at La Fiesta de los Vaqueros in Tucson. Dean Thompson won the bareback riding, finished third in the long round on a horse called Bad Influence of the Butler and Sons. And then he rode amped up for 86 and a half in the short round to finish in the number two spot. He told us that he had a history with that long round horse, Bad Influence, wasn't always a very good history. So, Tucson's kind of a funny story for me. Um, I went there on my permit year and got on bad influence in the law in the short round. There, I had been college rodeoing and been bustling back and forth between different places and ran there for the short round. And I've never taken a worse beating in my entire life <laughs> than Tucson rodeo. And, um, I think I was like 63 points or something like that on, on that bad influence horse. And then last year um, I got checking the stock right before I went over there and it was the only rodeo I turned out of last year. So I'd actually only been one time because hmm. I didn't love my horse last year. And then this year, what a, what a heart stopper to check the draw and see that I drew bad influence in Tucson again yeah. for the long ground. And I was like, Oh my gosh, dude. You got a chance here to really redeem yourself and uh, went good in the first round. I was 87 on that horse that really made me look like a fool. So uh, that felt good to get a little, little revenge. Yeah. Uh, they marked the horse 43. You were 44 on that 87 point ride. Ended up third in the long round. So what was the difference, Dean? Have you improved as a bareback rider over the last couple of years? What was the difference? Oh man. It almost seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. That horse, uh, we had some issues in Colorado Springs again this last year. She kind of smashed me. And um, going into that one, I knew, you know, this is this is a horse that can really put a beat down on a guy. And 
Bareback rider Dean Thompson from Utah. Remember, he was one of those spectacular rookies in 2023, number six in the PRCA's world standings right now. Bull rider Chase Doherty was the only man to ride both of his bulls in Tucson. He was consistent, 88 and 88 and a half. He talked to us about winning Tucson and his plans for 2024. Yeah, I mean, uh, I rode all right, but I'm really glad I had some good bulls too. Tell me what your what your focus is this year. Uh, at the age of 25, you qualified for the NFR in 2018, had a great performance, won the Top Gun Award that year. Spent some time in the PBR. You're, you're trying to make the NFR again this year, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My main focus this year is uh, the PRCA and a gold buckle at the end of that. Um, I might still do a little bit of the PBR teams this summer, but um, – we're still kind of playing that by you. Do you guys, I don't know how it works in Houston. Do you know what you're getting on at least the first Super Series performance? Or do you guys, have you already got stock? How does that work in Houston with those three rodeo performances back to back to back? You know, I'm not 110% sure. Um, it's been a little bit since I've been to Houston. And when I did go to Houston, I always just kind of, you know, they post the draw behind the buck and shoot. So I would always just wait till I got behind the shoots. Yeah. Um, just mainly because it's a big enough rodeo. It, I mean, if they ran in Godzilla, I'd probably get on it just because the money that's added. But, um, yeah, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Got it. Uh, Chase, congratulations on Tucson. Um, I'm really rooting for you. Uh, this is an interesting year in the bull riding when you look at, you know, Stetson's out. The reigning world champion Kai Hamilton's out. Sage is concentrating on the PBR. Um, you know, three guys that have, have won the last collection of world titles – there is, I, I guess, if you look at it, you say to yourself, "Wow, there, there is. We're gonna, we're gonna learn a lot of new names this year." I think in the bull riding, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I think it's gonna be a really exciting year to watch the bull riding. Um, it, it, there's gonna be, it, in my opinion, the door is wide open. Clayton's trying to shut it, slam it shut, but cowboying is in our blood. Cowboying is in our bruises. It's in our rain-soaked jackets calloused hands tested by barbed wire and rope, our mud-stained boots to the crown of our resist-all hat. You live out west for even the shortest time, and there's one thing you learn. You can't pretend out here. Resist-all. We live it every day. Uh, we're all trying to keep it open. Bull rider Chase Doherty, the champion of La Fiesta de los Vaqueros in Tucson, and now headed on to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo in Houston, Texas. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. This week's classic equine featured interview, Logan Hay, the champion saddle bronc rider in San Antonio. Got in a bad wreck, you might remember, last year. Had a horse go down on him and uh, injured his arm, broke his elbow. He'll tell us about coming back, about his great family, including his dad, Roddy Hay, and about winning San Antonio. That's on the way. Thanks to our friends at Classic Equine and Classic Ropes. Cowboying is in our blood. Cowboying is in our bruises. It's in our rain-soaked jackets. In our calloused hands, tested by barbed wire and rope. Our mud-stained boots to the crown of our resist-all hat. You live out west for even the shortest time, and there's one thing you learn. You can't pretend out here. Resist all. We live it every day. You're listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. New styles join our time-tested Justin Bent Rail collection. Like the rugged men and women who wear them. 
These boots stand for quality, integrity, tradition, and hard work. Straight from our legendary El Paso factory, our expert bootmakers build these boots with features that would make even the earliest cowboys proud. Outfit yourself today with a Bent Rail Collection by Justin. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit, or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live cowboys. Cowboying is in our blood. Cowboying is in our bruises. It's in our rain-soaked jackets. In our calloused hands, tested by barbed wire and rope. Our mud-stained boots to the crown of our resist-all hat. You live out west for even the shortest time, and there's one thing you learn. You can't pretend out here. Resist-all. We live it every day. Speaking of our friends at Resist All, tickets for the Resist All Rookie Roundup in Fort Worth, Texas, presented by the Cowboy Channel, going on sale April 26th and 27th of the dates for the rodeo. That's at the Cowtown Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas. You can get the story on the PRCA's website, prorodeo.com. This week's feature interview is presented by Classic Equine and Classic Ropes. Classic Equine, play to win. We are Classic Equine, Classic Ropes. Success is in your hands. Logan Hay is the oldest son of the national finalist and legend in the bronc riding. Roddy Hay, he and his brother Dawson Hay two years ago, you might remember at the NFR, between them, won four out of ten go-rounds. Logan won three in a row, rounds five, six, and seven. Just won the rodeo in San Antonio, Texas, 87 and a half in the championship round, over $20,000. He's healthy after a bad wreck last year in May at the Reading Rodeo, and he joins us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Logan, thank you for your time. Congratulations on San Antonio. Hey, thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Um, what a... What a rodeo to win, huh? Uh, your first crown in San Antonio. Uh, how'd that one feel after that 87.5-point ride on Saturday night? Yeah, that that was crazy. I love going to San Antonio every year. It was, uh, It's always been a good rodeo for me. I actually got my first 90 ever there. That was like one of the first big short rounds I ever made um, on my rookie year. And... Yeah, I, to get the win there is crazy. I always, like, I remember going there when I was little, watching my dad there, and my Dawson actually won the sheep riding one time, and I'll never forget that either. And uh, We just had a lot of great memories there, and to, to win the Bronco riding there is pretty cool. You were 85 to win the first round of your bracket. You were 80 to place in the second round of your bracket, 82 to place in the third round of your bracket. So you had $6,000 coming out of the brackets. Um and ended up advancing on out of the semifinals. And then you got on Calgary's Tokyo Bubbles, 87 and a half in the championship round on Saturday night. They do something interesting for you guys in San Antonio. They let you draft your horses for the finals. Um, was Tokyo Bubbles the horse you wanted to pick? I seem to remember reading something about you were a ways down in the draft order and that horse was still there. Was that your plan? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's pretty cool in San Antonio. They do. It's just a random draw. It's not based on anything. They're just picking out of a hat and whatever 
um, order you get picked and you get to go pick a horse and it's kind of cool you get to pick one that can kind of suit you a little bit better it's still you know a random draw because no one's uh it's not a set list or anything you know it's not based off money one or anything like that but uh i was i believe i was seventh or eighth pick and uh, i kind of had made a list of how i would pick them in what order i got drawn and tokyo was a little ways down there um i know she's uh, still a great horse and i mean that just kind of goes to show how many great horses are in that short round um there's just so many every one of them's a tv penner you're gonna see them in the 10th round of the nfr almost every horse that was bucked there so you're not going to be upset with any of them but uh tokyo was a ways down there i had a uh, probably four or five other ones that i had picked ahead of her but it uh, it worked out i knew she's a great horse i mean she's been a great horse for 15 years and i knew i'd still have a chance with her but she wasn't my first pick hmm. had you ever been on her before i did i uh i got on her in salinas uh two years ago 21 and all i actually needed to do on her was get a decent check and i would have made the nfr in 21 and i messed her up i didn't ride her very good and so it was kind of good to get uh get some revenge on her she uh, she didn't cost me the NFR in 21. I, I did it. She was still had a great day, but it was, uh, if I had a rotor good that day in Salinas, I'd have made the NFR. So it's kind of cool to get some revenge and well, she's back in my good books now. Anyway, <laughs> just to remind everybody in 2021, Salinas was like the last big rodeo of the year. That was the year they had Salinas yeah. in September. And it was the, yeah. I think they called it the tour finale that year. It was the tour finale. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, let me ask you about you. You got in that scary wreck last year. Was it Redding or Red Bluff? Um, Redding. Yeah, yeah, where a horse came over on you. I I watched the video of that Logan. And, and just <laughs> ugh, I I wasn't sure how you got up from that, um, or how you would get up from that, to be honest. But you you did. You you missed the NFR last year. Tell me about the start you're off to in 2024. Yeah, so that was. I mean, that was obviously tough tough wreck there. Um, it kind of messed up my whole year really i didn't my my arm wasn't healthy all year last year i i come back earlier than i was supposed to than the doctors wanted me to but i uh i felt that i was good enough to ride but it's still i was just struggling i couldn't ride to my normal style and everything and so that it wasn't uh wasn't that good but i after you know come come like september october it was finally feeling normal again and i had a really good canadian finals um I think I won. I won like forty thousand of the Canadian finals. I came from eleventh to finish third there. So ever since then, I've kind of felt like I've been back healthy again and riding back to you know my full potential that I felt like I was at the end of twenty twenty two there. Um, and you know, it's just since then I've just yeah, I've just been having fun and feeling feeling like myself again and that I can you know ride just as good as I did in the NFR in twenty two and. That's kind of how I approached this winter. I just was, wanted to go have fun and, you know, just just have fun again, Rodeo, not be pushing myself. And, you know, when you're healthy and having fun, that's when I'm always riding the best. And that's how this winter's been going so far. I've uh, been drawing really good, too. I can't, uh, can't knock that. That's a big thing in the winter. You can be riding as good as you want, but when there's – 50 great bronc riders like there is going right now you gotta you gotta draw the good ones to to be able to beat them and uh, i damn sure have been drawn good and feel like i'm riding just as good as i ever have as well and 
uh, it's definitely I've got a good start for sure. I don't want to harp on last year, but remind me about the nature of the the injury to your arm last year. What was it? Yeah, so I had the I had a horse flip on me, and the swells in my saddle landed right on my elbow, and it uh, broke the tip of my elbow off, and then I um, ruptured my UCL, which is uh, a ligament in your elbow. Pitchers tear it all the time hmm. uh, in baseball, and so I had to get the Tommy John surgery is oh, wow. what it's called to repair that. And also I had to get, oh, I've got a plate and six screws in my elbows, the tip of my elbow, actually. My tricep pulled it up halfway up my up my fore or my top of my arm here. And so I had to pull my elbow down, screw it all in. And uh, it, it was a bad wreck for sure. But I was pretty blessed. Um, the, the head of the sports medicine uh, there was also – turned out to be an elbow specialist surgeon and so he seen me that night looked at my elbow and I had surgery the next day and was back at the rodeo the very next day like surgery fixed up and everything it was uh pretty crazy I'd like to thank all those guys that that did that for me and they uh they helped me out a lot over there do you ride right-handed yes sir yeah um would it have made any difference if you rode left-handed Oh, it would have been a world of difference. Yeah, because I could have, I could have got by with my free arm being injured. Like I mean, it would have sucked to land on it. But I had to wear like a bareback riding brace on my arm, which like restricted the movement in it. And it was just, it was incredibly awkward. It, I, I'd be thinking about the brace while I'm in the shoot instead of thinking yeah. about you know just riding Bronx. And you, uh, you got to be pretty mentally dialed to ride bucking horses. You can't be having any distractions and stuff like that and so when i was thinking about that and how weird that felt it just all all led together to to, the iraq okay so this might be steve's dumb question to the interview logan i've talked to bull riders who talk about you know the the importance of their free arm being as big a deal if not a bigger deal than 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 the hand that they actually hang on to the bull rope with um yeah is that true in the bronc riding too from a balance point or is it not it it is in a balance point, but it's not quite as bad as the bull riding because the the bull riders got to use their free arm a lot. Like that's where they're making their their big moves to stay in the middle. Where like we just want to keep hold ours just to keep our shoulders square. Like we're not having to get into the well or you know try and right. try and keep elbow down and get. I don't know much about bull riding, but it. Uh, I know for sure I would have rather I've broke my free arm four times and it had i'd come back in six weeks and i'd be perfectly fine um but this elbow was i was all of six months before it felt normal again and i think that probably could have been due to the uh the ucl that i tore in it that them ligaments take a long time to heal um but i know i i would have much rather it been the uh the free arm because i mean i wouldn't have even put a brace on it i could have just taped it and i wouldn't even had to think about it but Mm. Okay, that's Rodeon. That's injuries are going to come with it. So. Yeah, here's Steve's other dumb question of the interview, Logan. <clears throat> Talk to me about um, what's going on in your mind when you come back from an injury. I told you I was going to harp on this, and I'm harping on it. No, I'm that's sorry. all good. Uh, when you're mind. coming back from an injury like that with a horse, literally that just lands on you. Um, when you get back on your first couple, do you have to? I'm not sure I'd be brave enough to do it. What's going on in your mind to, to pull that off? Yeah, it's oh, it's nerve-wracking. I mean, you, 
when when a guy gets hurt, like, I mean, shoot, I just sat on the couch and I watched, you know, you watch all your buddies doing good and I had to miss the whole 4th of July run. So, I mean, I watched a lot of rodeos and, uh, you know, it makes you crave it a lot. You know, you're sitting there just wishing you could be out there. But when it actually comes down to it, and especially, especially this injury, because I came back, the doctors told me that I shouldn't be getting on for three months. Hmm. And I got on, I got on in five weeks after my surgery, which was, was a little bit. I probably should have waited and made sure it was healthy, but I was, that was kind of a bit sketchy, you know, because I was almost, so I'm saddling my horse and I was second guessing if my arm's healthy enough, if all this is good. And at the first few I come back on actually went pretty good. I, I got on in Pinocchio five weeks later and I shoot, I was half a second away from winning the long round there. Hmm. I, was, I made a really good ride and he bucked me off uh, right at the whistle. Um, and then I took another two weeks off because I realized it bit my elbow was not quite ready. And I came back at Calgary and they run me in one of the hardest horses in Canada. One more reason. That's my one that I get to come back on. And you know, fully healthy guys don't like getting on her. She's a handful, bucks everyone off. And that's what they get to warm me up with. And uh, I was 87, won the round on her in Calgary and everything was going all right. And, but uh and that kind of helped me, you know, I came back, I rode one of the rankest horses going in Canada. And so I, I knew that it was, you know, I could do it, but it still was just, you're still just fighting your head. And, you know, I wasn't riding like I normally did. And then, you know, you start blaming other things yeah. like your saddle and everything. But it you just got to, it comes down to you not being as healthy as you can be and, and second guessing yourself. You can't second guess yourself and I've said this dozens of times. If I were a doctor dealing with rodeo athletes, if I thought you needed to be out for three months, I'd tell you you were out for nine because I know you're <laughs> yeah. going to come back early. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd double it or triple it or something because uh, yeah, I know you guys sure. are going to come back early. So let me ask, let, let me ask you about um, winning San Antonio from this standpoint. Um, you made the NFR in 2022 and we talked about this before the interview. You had a ginormous month of July, including winning Calgary. How had mm-hmm. you done? How have you done at the winter rodeos through the years? Uh, you're getting ready to go to Houston in a few days. How have you done at the winter rodeos through the years? So I, um, I was actually thinking about that uh, before the short round in San Antonio. I've uh, been notorious for having not great winters. In 22, there, like I set my goal is to have to be in the top 15. Um, at the beginning of the year and stay there throughout the year. Cause I missed the finals in 21 by like 1500 bucks. And, you know, I mm, kind of stung. Yeah. And so that's what I set my goal as. And I, I had a decent winner. I, I broke my ankle in Mercedes in 22 there. And I think I was 14th when I broke it. Um, so I kind of, and then I came back and it wasn't long after I come back that I got back into the top 15. So I kind of kept that goal, but I was thinking about that the other day in, um, before the short round in San Antonio, I've never won a big rodeo. I've never even placed at in the short rounds good at a big winter rodeo. I've had last year, I think was my best winner, and I won about thirty, thirty-five thousand or something before. So I've already, um, I'm already having my best winner to my career so far, and I haven't even gone to Austin, Houston, San Angelo, any of them yet. Um, but yeah, no, I've never ever got a big check in a short round at the, right. in the winter rodeos i've made a few of the the short rounds but never never got a big check or definitely haven't won one 
Logan right now is number five right now in the PRCA's world standings, according to ProRodeo.com. Um, so let me ask you about going forward now. Um, you've got Houston coming up. You will be in the second Super Series in Houston that starts, I think, on Monday. Um, Monday or Sunday, I forget which. Um, yeah, Monday. Monday. Third, third, I third think Super I'm the Series third in Houston. Super. Yeah, third yeah. Super Series. And then after that, you're going to the American – you and your brother Dawson both had really good luck in the uh, good luck in that contender series format that they 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 put together for the American this year. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Me and Dawson both uh, or have a chance to ride for a million there. Uh, Dawson's always had good luck at the American, and I've only ever rode there once. I rode there last year, and I didn't ride very good. So hopefully, I can redeem myself. But pretty cool. We've you, to get to the American. I mean, we've already had to get on. Oh, I've been on this. I've already been on five Bronx before I even got here. So it's uh, it's a long road to get there. You got a lot of things got to fall in the the right place for you to go. But uh, it's pretty cool that, you know, me and Dawson both got a shot at the million there. So you won the regional. Was it Oklahoma or Kentucky that you won the regional? Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I won Kentucky and Lexington there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dawson won the the event, the contend, they called it the contender playoff finals. Finals. Yeah. 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 In uh, Abilene back the second weekend of of February. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are you guys going to do if you split the million? If you both tie with like (laughs) 90s, you know, what are you what are you going to do? That would be cool if we split it, but they're going to make us ride off so that, I don't know, we're going to have to ride off just like Dawson did last year. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Dawson wasn't a yeah, ride off so, last year. Oh, I don't know. If either one of us won it, Arlington better watch out that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about um, – it's, it's hard to talk to you guys even today after you and Dawson have established such a, a, a great great identity and have done so many good things already without the subject of family coming up. There is a third brother um, who's a pretty good bronc rider, too. Your youngest brother is in college right now. And, of course, your dad, yep. Roddy Hayes, a legend. Um, in in your family, is saddle bronc riding the dominant conversation at the dinner table on every holiday? I mean, how does how does this all work in the Hay family? Yeah, yeah, still it is. Yeah, everyone wants to know, like, how when we get back, they want to hear about all the stories and everything, and that's uh, – Shoot, we do talk about it a lot, but sometimes even when we get home, it's nice to take a break from rodeo and, and, and talk about other stuff, but that doesn't last very long. Even when we're at home where uh, Roddy raises bucking horses, and so whenever we all get home, which is very rare anymore that we're all there at the same time, uh, lots of times we'll go to practice pens and we go check out Roddy's new colts, and mm-hmm. the youngest brother, Devin, he's usually getting on him, and he loves when we get to be around there as he hasn't... Uh, he likes to get the tips from us and stuff like yeah we haven't uh we don't get to watch him ride a lot like we used to anymore as we're all rodeoing and he's going to school in casper so it's definitely the the prominent thing that we talk about for sure how long's it been i'm being nosy how long's it been since you guys were in the practice pen and rod said oh good lord what are you doing here i'll show you how to do it and threw a saddle on and got on a horse i mean did that ever happen See, with you guys it never did it was i was uh I really wanted to do that. I would have loved to go into a rodeo with Roddy, but we got on our first ones. I got on my first ones in 2013, and Roddy didn't get on another bronc uh, after 2010. He broke his leg yeah. real bad in Innisfail. Um, but I'll, I, I would have loved to do it because he uh, he tells us a lot of a lot of pointers, and some of his some of his advice is kind of old school, and he still tells it to us. So I'd like to 
sometimes I wish I could have just been like, all right, Roddy, you want, you want me to do that? I want to see you do it first. And yeah. You think you can ride that one like that? Show me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's okay. When you say his advice is old school, how much has the bronc riding changed? Are there, are there some noticeable changes in style and technique and Oh, Anything for sure. Since yeah. um, well, and even just in the saddles anymore, um, like our saddles sit a little higher. And so you'll notice we, ri- we ride a lot more back in our saddles. Where, so like when I yeah. say Roddy's advice is old school, he tells us he always went a real short rein. And that's how like he liked he liked getting pulled on and having his upper body a little more forward where even just in our saddles and, and the horses that we're getting on right now, it doesn't work. We, you, we've got to have more reins so that we can stay back and I think it looks a little more flashy and stuff. They could get away with chopping some horses off and they had lots of their horses. They had were some ducking and diving real hard to ride stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had to do stuff like that just to, to get away and spur them. Um, And their saddles didn't, they, they actually helped you to be a little bit more sitting up because they pulled down so low compared to ours. Um, But just, yeah, the styles and the even the bucking horses and everything's evolved so much. It it's pretty crazy. Roddy, he he always says that he he says you know our hopper pens are the pen and ice horses at the NFR is what their what their TV yeah. pen looked like 10, 10, 15 years ago. So everything's evolving. And uh, but Roddy still sometimes likes to throw in that old school advice. He likes it when we go short short rain on some of them horses. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I, we, I go back every once in a while and, and you know, the cowboy channel from time to time will run, you know, old NFRs from the nineties or the two thousands or, and you really do see the great horses. Then I've always contended would still be the great horses today. You guys yeah, for just sure. have so many more of them. That's um, it. Yeah. That's what, um, that's what we talk about too. I mean, there was dang sure, you know, two or three that would fit in with our two or three best ones, but there's just, the amount is way, way more. Is there one ride you look back on in your career, Logan, and say, that's the best ride I've ever made? Well, I mean, well, that's a record the world, time, right? the world record, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I still, that was one of the best rides of my career, but, uh, the very best ride, I honestly think, one of my favorite rides is when I won Calgary. I, I, uh, I had to go first, and I knew I had to lay it all on the line, and I, that that's one that I felt like I just, yeah, I really stomped, stomped that one. I did, didn't mess up at all. The world, my world record ride was real good too. But yeah. I mean, she had, it was a fist fight, and there was, it could have went either way, both the whole time. I could have went down. And the in Calgary though, I felt like I was in complete control the whole time, and that's that was one of my favorite ones. And as well as uh, my first um, first NFR round win too on on Larry Culpepper in round five, I also had to go early, and I knew you know in the TV pen that you're gonna have to do something pretty special to even think about getting a check. And I think I was third out, and I still won the round there so that, that was a that was a pretty cool one for yeah. me too one round five one round six and then you were 90 in round seven if i remember right yeah um, y- yes sir yeah take me back to the world record ride you actually got on a, a great bareback horse right in pollockville well was yeah so i yeah. mean she's a bronc now she's the world champion bronc last year but at that point she, she was a bareback i'd horse. only seen her. she was a the world champion bareback the year before and i'd only seen her i'd only ever seen her get bucked in the bronc riding two other times uh colby wanchuk got on her 
two years before, so that would have been in 20, 20, and it was 19, actually, I think, because they didn't have it in 20. And so he got on her there, and she one-jumped him. It made him look a little silly, and she bucked it real hard. And then Zeke had her there the year before in Pollockville, and it was the rankest horse I'd ever seen yeah. uh, in in real life before. So I knew I had to take her, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy there. Colby was already 94. Uh, he was 94 right before me. He made a really, really outstanding ride on Wild Cherry, and um, I was pretty pumped up. And, you know, the, you got – it's not a big crowd there, but it's a very intimate crowd. Uh, there's probably, I don't even know, 2,000 people there maybe. But the entire buck and shoots is filled up with every bronc rider. Yeah. And uh, so I got to go last, and just the build up and everything was it was crazy. And I, I knew once I uh, once I made the whistle on her, I was going to be a lot. And I was 91 in the long round, so I didn't, I didn't need a huge score, but I still had to be 92 or 3 just to win it. And... Uh, yeah, everybody threw their hats on the back of the shoots, and it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. Ninety-five sure. and a half on Explosive Skies, which is as as Logan said now, um, an award-winning saddle bronc horse, and was at the time a great bareback horse. Um, Pollockville, I, Pollockville is interesting. Be, I've never been there, um, but everybody I've ever talked to about it says basically it is a big open field. There's yep. a town of like eight people. <clears throat> And they put on this incredible Bronc match. I want to go someday. Yeah, it's uh, you're literally just driving down a, a dirt road, and then this arena pops up out of nowhere. Like hmm. you're no, there. I don't even know what the closest town is. It's a long ways away, yeah. and they've just built uh, they built an incredible Bronc ride in there. Um, the Calgary Stampede horses, the ranch is right there, and I think that's why them horses are so good there. Um, they're feel like they're right at home they literally are i think they're 30 or 40 minutes from from the arena there so they uh they feel like they're at home and um yeah it's kind of something you got to experience in real life because you know i've i watch videos and everything after and it, it takes away from actually being there it's a it's a real small arena and it's kind of built a little bit uphill and i don't know the horses stay tight and if a horse is going to have his best day it's going to be in Pollockville. Yeah. Um, I have kept Logan way longer than I asked him for, but I do have a couple of final oh, questions good. for you. Um, I've, I've long had a theory, Logan, and I think you'll probably agree with me. The reason there are so many, one of the reasons there's so many good saddle bronc riders coming out of Canada, you guys have got a lot of great horses up there. There are great horses in yeah. the PRCA on both <clears throat> sides of the border, obviously, but you got a lot of great horses up there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And even lots like, the our contractors alone have great horses you know calgary outlaw wayne bold uh, uh c5 um moxa yeah moxa like they all got really good bucking horses but it, it comes even uh we've got a lot of guys that are raised bucking horses up there like you'll see the that the benny binion sale in vegas half them horses that get sold there come from Canada. And uh, so we've got to get brought up with that, you know, in all of our practice pens, we've got to get on great horses. We've got great pickup men up there. And it's just, it's, I found it's a lot easier to go, go to a good practice pen. You know, you've got NFR bronc riders there helping you out. You've got great pickup men. There's just, it's the safest um, practice pens you can go to. And it just, the environment at them, like, shoot, we still go get on at him. Me and Ben went to two or three this winter or, and you know, it's just fun still. I'd like, yeah. I like going to them. It's a great environment. And then 
you know, the kids like coming too. Is I mean, they're seeing they're seeing all of their, you know, heroes get on right beside them. I mean, you know, we're helping them, and it was the same thing for us. You know, Leighton Green and and Zeke were all getting on when we were starting out, and that's kind of what fired us up. You know, we see them guys going and winning the biggest rodeos of the year, and then they're sitting right beside us. You know, getting on in the practice pen with us, so it kind of fires you up and. That uh, just yeah, the environment up there, it's pretty, pretty cool. Just to remind you, in 2022, the Hay Boys won 40% of the go rounds at the NFR. Dawson won one. I thought he should have maybe set a record on that ride. And uh, yeah, you I won think three. So. Um, I, I, you guys had <laughs> that had to be a lot of fun. Oh, that was that was so much fun. Yeah, I, uh, I asked. I went to Australia this year during the NFR, so I was watching. I was watching the rounds all over there, and you know it was a completely different time. I think we were watching it at like one o'clock in the afternoon when it the day after yeah. when you guys were actually doing it. Um, but yeah, I was at, talking to Roddy, and, and I just asked him how the NFR was, and he said, "Well, it's not near as fun as it was last year." So yeah, I believe it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll both go back and get her back dialed in again. Houston, the American. What else is coming up for you? Uh, I keep my winter run pretty light anymore. I like to just go to the, the big ones and not, you can bounce around to all the, some other of the smaller rodeos, but everybody's going and it's, it's hard to, I'd rather save my rodeos for the later in the summertime when you can go to, you know, three or four $10,000 rodeos a weekend instead of driving all over here to, to get not really anything. So yeah. I just stick to the, the big ones in the wintertime and, so, yeah, I'm just going to go to Houston. Uh, I'll go to Houston, the 4th, 5th, 6th. I'm in Austin, the 19th, and then the American, the 9th, and then I'll, I'll probably just go home back to Canada after that. Got it. What is and what then, is the Bronc Riders count, Logan? 100. We can go to 100, count 100 a year. Is that something that you uh, – We nobody ever talks about it now, but – if you've got a whole bunch of rodeos left to use in July, August, September, it can be an advantage, isn't it? Is that something? Oh, you for kind of sure. That's where, yeah. It's like, you see lots of people, they'll they'll rodeo their butts off in the fall and in the wintertime. And, you know, they get a bit of money won. But there's so much more money to be won in July and August that I'd save my rodeos for then. And I don't like – I'd like to have, you know, kind of just a pretty – easy fall and winter and then i'm gone the whole summer rodeoing anyway so i may as well be out of rodeo every day the way i look at it and uh, so i kind of save them for then and yeah if you can save some rodeos like it that's come september that's what everybody's worrying about you know they're always they're looking at their count they're trying to figure out what they can enter what they can enter and so i like to have a bit of a surplus then so if you need it you know i can go if i need to make a push you know for the bubble run I have rodeos to do it with then. And if not, then I'm just going to go to the big ones and, you know, just take it easy. Hopefully you have, a guy has it made by then. But yeah. I like to leave myself some room um, to do that. And being that, um, you know, having a good winner definitely helps that. If you don't get qualified, if you don't have a good winner, you've got to go to some more rodeos because you need to get your money up to make sure that you keep getting into everything. So having a good winner just sets you up to – Give yourself a cushion like that anyways. Yeah. Okay, I promise. Last question. And this is I want you to have a little fun with this one if you want to. You and I talked beforehand. You are traveling with um traveling a lot with Ben Anderson, who's been to the NFR yep. a couple of times. Q Taylor, great young bronc rider, Canadian, uh, came to the States, went to college in Casper. 
Um, and I don't know if I'm missing anybody in that group, but no, that, that's it. Uh, we were traveling with Kay's Thompson too, but okay. he, uh, he got hurt again. So he's yeah. gonna, he's getting surgery. I th- actually got surgery yesterday. So before this interview, I asked Logan, I said, uh, to me, Ben would be maybe the biggest practical joker of that bunch. And you yeah. kind of disagreed with me a little bit on that. I mean, he is we, he is a practical joker. Me and him will stir each other up, and we'll we'll definitely get some jokes going. And uh, Q is kind of just the innocent bystander. He, uh, <laughs> he he'll definitely get in on him with us. But if you add me, Ben, and Dawson, if we all three get together. There's some mischief's going to happen. Got it. I understand. Uh, Logan, congratulations on San Antonio. I literally asked Logan for five minutes, and we've gone for half an hour, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Continued success. Good luck in Houston. Go win a bunch at the American. Hey, thanks, Steve. It's good talking to you. Logan Hay, the champion of the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo Saddle Bronc Riding, joining us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. That's a true story, by the way. I asked Logan for five minutes. He gave me 30. Uh, and I thought it was just a really interesting interview, and so we decided to share it as this week's featured interview. Brought to you by Classic Equine and by Classic Ropes. Today's show sponsored by Wrangler, by the Justin Boot Company. Thanks to the folks at Resist All and Prefer to M2 Ranch Jerky and Unbeatable Feeds. They're online at unbeatablefeeds.com, where you stand during the Wrangler NFR. You got to think about the Grand View at Las Vegas. You can find them at dailymanagementresorts.com. Next week, we'll talk again about some of the highlights in the world of Western sports, pro rodeo, and beyond. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Please subscribe and like our shows. We would love it if you would join us every week. God bless everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon.